0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Haunted History Chronicles. Abbeys and priories around the world with their ivy-clad ruins have stirred the imagination of many 18th and 19th century authors of Gothic fiction, drama and poetry. Some monasteries, in fact, have tales of ghosts and demons that date back to the Middle Ages. From the time of the Venerable Bede onwards, monks were prolific recorders of ghost stories. This was in part because they enjoyed the pleasing terror and wonder provided by spooky tales as much as we do today. For instance, Matthew Parris, monk of St. Albans Abbey, recounted in his chronicle a tournament of ghostly knights near Roche Abbey in South Yorkshire in 1236. For the most part, the ghost stories written by monks had explicitly pious and theological purposes. The twelve ghost stories written by a monk of Byland Abbey in North Yorkshire in around 1400, are an excellent example of this. Many are set in the fields, lanes and villages that bordered the monastery. The ethereal ghosts appear to people and request prayers so that they can be released from the pains of purgatory and find everlasting peace in heaven. Saying prayers for the dead was a core purpose of monasteries, so the stories very much affirmed their spiritual importance. Despite this, one of the Byland stories concerns a much more malign ghost that takes solid bodily form. It is described as rising from its grave at Bryland and gouging out the eye of its former mistress. The only way in which the monks could rid themselves of this evil presence was to destroy the corpse, which they exhumed and flung into a nearby lake. Ghosts of this type are known as revenants, that is, as those who returned from the dead either as animated bodies, some medieval revenants were blood-sucking and caused outbreaks of plague, and thus have much in common with the vampire legends that started to be recorded in 18th century Europe. With 900 years of history attached to these locations, it's no surprise that there are spine-chilling tales of the supernatural lurking in the shadows. And so today, we will explore just some of these magnificent stories and locations. Tucked away in its own secluded valley, Buckland Abbey was once a great monastery, the last Cistercian foundation in England, established in 1278. Following Henry VIII's dissolution of the monasteries in the 1530s, Sir Richard Grenville bought the abbey, and his grandson, another Richard, created a comfortable house out of the 13th century abbey church, rather than using the domestic buildings of the community. As a result, the interior of the house is a strangely blend of monastic features adapted to secular uses. Sir Richard's grandson was an ambitious soldier with plans to colonise the New World, but he was never able to secure royal patronage for his schemes, unlike his great rival Sir Francis Drake. It was in fact because of the Queen's refusal to endorse his schemes that Richard returned to Devon and converted Buckland in 1576. Buckland Abbey would be his home until 1580, when he would sell it to none other than his rival Drake, who was delighted to make it his home after his triumphant return to England as a hero following his epic three-year circumnavigation of the globe in the Golden Hind. Drake wanted a house that would reflect his newfound status, and it was from here that he planned the attack against the Spanish Armada. Drake's famous drum which accompanied him on his voyages around the world can still be seen in Buckland Abbey. The myth states that when on his deathbed in Panama in 1596, Drake ordered that the drum be sent back to Buckland Abbey and vowed that if anyone should beat upon the drum when England was in danger, then he would return to defend his country. A ghostly bat signal, if you like. Over the years, this legend has taken on a life of its own, so it would appear has the drum. Its mysterious beat was heard on three separate occasions in the past century alone. The first time was in August of 1914, just before the outbreak of the First World War. Four years later, the sound of the drumbeat was heard on the flagship Royal Oak, as the German fleet steamed Scapa Flow to surrender. Despite extensive searches of the ship, no drum could be found. The third time was during the retreat from Dunkirk in 1940. Drake may have been regarded by the Elizabethan Queen in court as the saviour of England, but locally he was feared and regarded as having supernatural powers. One enduring story is that Drake made a pact with the devil to ensure England's success as the Spanish Armada approached the English coast. His ghost is now reputed to drive across Dartmoor in a black coat drawn by headless horses preceded by twelve goblins, and pursued by a pack of baying hounds. Any dog that hears their unearthly baying dies instantly. Folklorists have speculated that this legend was the origin of the Hound of the Baskerville story, written by Arthur Conan Doyle in nineteen oh one. The author used to regularly visit friends near Ipplepen in Devon, so he was probably aware of the local myths and ghost stories. He may well have heard the story of the local squire cabal. was so wicked that when he was buried the villagers interred his remains under a giant slab to make sure he stayed put nevertheless the wished hounds or eerie hounds are said to come to howl at his tomb one particular ghostly legend related to buckland abbey and believed to date from the pre-reformation era tells the tale of a young monk and his illicit relationship with a local maid Following the discovery of their secret liaisons and his stern admonishment by the abbot, the unfortunate monk took his own life, possibly by drowning in the nearby carp pond. His ghost is said to walk the road between the north and south lodges of the estate in the hours after dusk each day. And some local people continue to avoid this road during the hours of darkness, just in case. Worn by time, and now peacefully crumbling in the tranquillity of the Transylvanian countryside, rest the ruins of the Abbey of Carter. Dating back to the early 1200s, it was built in the shape of a cross, and is the oldest Gothic fortified church within Eastern Europe. Despite the ever-advancing state of decay, it retains its breathtaking atmosphere and structure. While many visit to take in the beauty of the location, The Carter Monastery has a darker, lesser-known side that also exists, and the ruins of the church are believed to be one of the most haunted places in the whole of Romania. Life as a monk in this Cistercian Abbey would not have been an easy one. The keynote of Cistercian life was a return to literal observance of the rule of Saint Benedict, with the most striking feature a return to manual labour. They would wake each day at 3am to work hard during the daylight hours. Food was scarce and living conditions were cramped. Life expectancy was never more than around 40 years old. Legend says that these Cistercian monks fasted all year, sometimes feasting on cheese and boiled beech leaves. To this day, many of the monks remain within the monastery, being buried in the courtyard of the Abbey alongside soldiers from World War I. Many believe that it is their souls that have also remained in the area surrounding the Abbey itself and the most frequently recorded hauntings are that of ghostly white monks roaming the ruins. Other burials within the abbey are also thought to have resulted in hauntings. In recent excavations, for example, in the cellar, two unmarked graves were uncovered, and the skeletal remains found were of two men taller than six and a half feet. With the average height of men and women back then being much smaller and shorter, it's theorised that these men may have been removed from the public eye, to prevent being publicly ostracised. Since their bodies were uncovered, strange paranormal events have begun to occur within the monastery. It's said that walls of the cellar vibrate at times for no reason. Poltergeist activity within this area have also been recorded, with objects being flung across the room. In other parts of the monastery, other poltergeist activity has also been recorded, such as chairs being dragged across the floor of the church. lore about ghosts and haunted places doesn't figure prominently in French culture like it does in places like England, Ireland, Japan, and America. It's here that we head next. If you look closer though, especially outside of Paris, the tales of French ghosts and terrifying hauntings thrive in certain corners of local culture. The Abbe de Mortimer in Normandy is reputed to be one of France's most haunted places and is allegedly home to several ghosts. Built in the 12th century, it was originally one of the largest Cistercian monasteries in the world. The monks who had to build the abbey had to first dry and reclaim the marshy lands on which they planned to place the foundations. Given the putrid smells that must have emanated from this marshy landscape, The spot with which the foundations were laid down was known as the Dead Pond, mare, thus giving the abbey its name. An alternative suggestion for the name is the Latin mare, which means Dead Sea. The abbey was chronically underfunded, and in the 17th century the role of abbot was given to men who did not live at Mortimer. They drained its prosperity into their own coffers, and the monks could only watch as their beloved building began to crumble. And by the time of the French Revolution, it had begun to fall into significant disrepair. By the end of the 18th century, a small community of just four monks were still living there, under its leaking roofs and tending to the abbey, when in 1790 came the final disaster. Revolution was sweeping the country and religion was out of favor, Churches and abbeys were stripped of their wealth. The humble monks of Mortimer were thought to be harbouring a secret fortune. One day in 1790, the revolutionaries stormed the abbey, determined to attack this religious institution. According to many different accounts, the remaining four monks were hunted down and dragged to the cellars, where the last remnants of Mortimer's gentle brotherhood were massacred. According to stories of this event, it was a gruesome scene with overturned jugs of wine spilled on the cold cellar floor, intermingled with the warm blood of the innocent slain. Since then, rumours of ghostly monks haunting the ruins of the abbey have persisted for generations. Slowly and surely, unsettling stories of the unexplained would escalate. In 1791, the abbey and farm was sold, and it would see new owners and families residing in it. Stories of the unexplained would continue, though. One evening, walking across the lawns, some young people of the house would see soft, ethereal light from the old locked library. At the time, they were not concerned, assuming it was their mother, something that they would later find out was not the case. As if by an invisible hand, latches would unfasten, handles would turn and windows and doors would open. Paintings and corridors would be discovered turned to the wall or fallen to the floor. There is even an account of a benevolent robed ghost emerging from the forest surrounding the abbey during World War II, saving an English paratrooper from enemy attack by ushering him into a hideout. Another ghostly presence that has reportedly made itself known to former residents and visitors is a white-clad woman who stalks the grounds. Local law maintains that it is Matilda of England who was allegedly forced by her father, King Henry I, to remain confined to the abbey for five years. After she died in nearby Rouen, the tales speak of her returning to the abbey, to roam it for eternity, emerging on moonlit nights to drift amongst the ruins. One room of this new home was considered particularly unsettling, pretty pink bedroom that looked out onto the lawns. One night as the house became quiet for the night, The young woman staying in there would be awakened and tormented by strange sounds and moving objects. The following morning she would be found pale and shaken, brandishing the fire tongs. Such is the activity here that it has reportedly seen several exorcisms carried out there, although there is little concrete evidence of this. So many stories have been whispered and recounted and embedded into local lore. Not surprising when in the past it was cut off from the wider world by the lonely forests surrounding it, cut off for days by unpassable winter roads. The trees that stand there have known centuries, silent keepers and guardians to the happenings of the abbey. What stories must they have to share? Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you have liked this podcast, then there are a number of things that you can do. Come along and follow Haunted History Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The links are below in the description to this podcast. Share news of the podcast with friends, family who may be interested. You can also come along and join us on our new website, which has a plethora of other features, including information on our episodes, guests, and a blog which includes guest writers. You can support the podcast further by leaving us a review or taking a look at our Patreon page and in the process gain access to some extra goodies. Your support and encouragement is always invaluable. Thank you so very much, everyone.